Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Over the Trent. Oh, we've got to talk about it. 3-2 to Manchester United, and today I'm joined by Nottingham Forest fan page 101 creator, George Ramsey. A really interesting guy to talk to, someone who knows the club inside out, and with 16.7 thousand followers, quite hard to disagree with anything he says. The guy's a popular guy, and I thought he talked a lot of sense, but... I was playing cricket during the game, so I didn't get to watch it live. Came in from the field after 40 long overs, we only had seven fielders. Somehow I ended up bowling eight and wicket-keeping, but this isn't about my cricket. If you want to listen to cricket stuff, listen to Sticky Wickets, another podcast I do. But you just think, you see, is it 2-1 up at half-time? Like, oh, this is going amazing. And then you realise, oh, this is Forest. We're going to bottle this. And we bottled it. So, tough day. Disappointing referee decision. Now, George is a goalkeeper, referee, as well as a journalist. So, we have a really good mix. And we talk about what the current FA regulations are for fouls inside the box. Overall, Stuart Atwell's got this one wrong, for my opinion, and George's. So, it's a really good interview. Um, really like talking to George. Definitely go follow his stuff. If you want to keep up to date with Forrest, follow Jamie Martin, journalist as well, but also Nottingham Forest fan page. It's always good to keep up to date with content creators. Also, massive thank you to Ellie and the amount of people who listened last week. We had so many nice reviews, especially from female listeners, uh, someone like Freya Elizabeth or Mia Smith, who came in contact and just said, really love the podcast, love what Ellie was talking about. So it's fantastic. We're getting more female listeners and more listeners overall. Please do share this with any Forest fans you might know, you might have, or if you just want to just rate and subscribe down below this podcast on Spotify. That massively helps. We are aware this is a Nottingham Forest podcast are sort of a thing. We're not the only one out there. This is a rather saturated market. So every little bit you do help means the absolute world to me. So I really do appreciate you being here, you listening now, because you could be listening to anything, but you chose to listen to this podcast. That means the absolute world to me. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the interview with Nottingham Forest fan page creator, George Ramsey. Off we go. Hello and welcome to the runner of the biggest and biggest by far, in my opinion, Nottingham Forest fan page. So essentially it goes the Nottingham Forest men's team, all the players, and then this guy, George, from Nottingham Forest fan page 101, everything NFFC. George, how are you, mate? All good, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I really want to talk about your page because it's essentially how I get a lot of my stuff. You and Jamie Martin are the two sort of competing people who I trust on Forest Matters. So nice you've got 16,000 followers. That is incredible. That is essentially what Forest used to bring um, to a lot of their games back in League yeah. One. Essentially almost sold out the city ground back in the day. How did you go about getting this? Well, I started it years ago. So, it's, yeah, I remember when I first started, my growth was just a tip by surprise. I thought, you know, get 100 followers maybe in the first year. When I got like 100 followers first day, I mean, kind of kept on growing it, kept on growing it. If you told me like five, six years ago, I'd still be doing it now with 16K followers, I probably wouldn't have believed it. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, so I just kind of, well, basically, obviously, I'm a big follower myself. So I kind of look at what I'm interested in. And then if I'm interested in it, chances are other people are also going to be interested in it. So I just give that a post. And then obviously, over the years, I hopefully, got a bit more reliable with content in terms of like transfer rumors and all that and yeah i'm just gonna let people enjoy the content yeah it's it's so mad that someone like you who's just still working at university is now almost like a credible source you're almost a journalist for nottingham forest fans is there a little bit of pressure do you feel when you're making a post yeah 
It's definitely better than like, certainly now, because obviously, like you say, quite a few people look towards it for like the transfer rumors. And obviously, if I get one wrong, then you get a message saying, like, oh, why'd you post this? Like, oh, you know, so much rubbish. Like, oh, we're keeping it with everyone. And of course, you, we do get linked with everyone. If you look at it, like on Twitter, if you look on Google, I think every hour we get linked with a different player. And obviously, the vast majority of those rumors aren't going to be accurate. There's probably no truth movement whatsoever. So, yeah, hopefully, I've got a bit better of the experience of, you know, getting used to who reports on what. And then, yeah, hopefully, the transfer rumors have got better. So in the Premier League, it was a, t- a challenge. Like obviously, Premier League more exposure, so you get a lot more rumours out there. Yeah, yeah. And a lot more transfers as it goes. Exactly. Transfers from last season. I'm sure we had a very busy last summer. But one of those 30 was Taiwo Awanyu, who's now scored in seven consecutive games. Quite yeah. a certain way to start. As Forrest lost 3-2 to Manchester United. What mm-hmm. a, I don't know how, to, how you feel about it. At the start of the day, certainly would have taken... Uh, a 3-2 loss. But George, what were your emotions at full time? I, I, I was happy with it. I, obviously, I know we were tuning up inside for four minutes and ended up losing 3-2, which obviously, when you say like that, doesn't sound great. But in the day, Man United, they were unbeaten in 30 home games. We've only won once away on the road in the last 12 months in the league. So to put up a fire at Old Trafford is quite something. I think I posted yesterday, we lost 3-0 there last year. We lost 5-0 at Arsenal last year. This year, we've lost 2-1 and 3-2. And put up a fight and we're scoring goals. It took us till January the 21st to score three away league goals last year. We've done that inside the first two game weeks. Of course, it's more about what we did last year and this year. But again, if you get anything away at the big six, the so-called big six, then that's that's going to be a good result. So to lose 2-1-3-2, I don't see any shame in it. And if we had a rubber agreement with the officials, then maybe we'd have had a point or even three points. But yeah, con- con- controversial to say the least. Should we just skip to that? We'll, we'll talk about positivity of Taiwan next. But the officiating, man. I, I don't know how you felt, but it just felt like there was going to be a script for it. So do you want to talk about the red card or the penalty first? Should we start with the red card? What's yeah, the we can start with the red card. Um, well, to be honest, I'm a referee myself. So, I've yeah, I've been refereeing this since what, the last six or seven years. Not Obviously not anywhere near that level. Hmm. Red card is soft. Like I'm trying to take bias out of it because I've got like the refereeing side of it and the forest hand side of it. It's extremely soft. Like I don't know, it's a shoulder to shoulder at first. Wall goes to ground. There's a little tug on, on the shorts. By the letter of the law, I can see why the referee's given it. If that's the other way around, there's no way the main ice defender would have been sent off. I think a yellow card probably would have been fair. Is Fernandez going to score that? Who knows? You've got Bonnie coming in recover, Turner's coming out. To say it's an obvious goal scoring opportunity, I think it's harsh, but I can see why the referee's given that one. Don't necessarily agree with it, but I can at least see there's a little there's an argument for the penalty, though, there's absolutely no way that's a penalty. I've, I've, I think it's a brush of the shorts from Danilo. I don't think there's any contact with the player himself, but it's just I don't think that's even felt it. But it could literally just be a complete dive and he's got lucky that was a brush on the shorts. In fact, I don't I don't know if we even looked at it, but if they did look at it, I don't know what they saw to give that a penalty. Because yeah. it's literally a brush of the shorts. There's no contact on the on the player himself, and he's gone down like he's been shot. He's literally gone two feet off the ground. Like you, you can see, it's an unnatural fall straight away. So I can, maybe I can see why the referee gave it, but the also the problem there, but it's got to be intervening because that is a clear and obvious error. Yeah, it, it it just felt so. It's Manchester United. Let's give it. And I know there's. I I'm sure there's no bias in the referee community. There's there's no okay. These guys got more fans, so we're just going to give it. It just, it always seems to happen to United and there's no rhyme or reason for it sometimes. Old Trafford in particular. I don't know yeah. if, well, to be honest, I don't know if there is maybe an unconscious bias or maybe something dodgy going well behind the scenes. But 
it just every single game at Old Trafford, it feels like I can think of so many games that like you watch on TV, like for instance, Man United, Man City last season when Rashford got that winning goal. It's clearly offside. I think it's Fernandez coming in, but it's because Old Trafford, whether it's you know he got seventy eight thousand fans there, so you feel the pressure. Is that probably that is an element, but it's every single game. Was, I think that obviously I'm not taking anything away from Man United's first game on beating at home. That's super impressive. But I mean, certainly a factor that is down to the officiating because they get the rubber green pretty much every game at Old Trafford. Yeah, and you just think back to the Onana one. It's yeah, so- that's a that's a clear and obvious mistake there. That's a Wolves penalty as well. Also, I don't want to say it because you know Wolves was a bit of a not a rivalry, but you know we could be fighting sort of in, for in the same sort of area of the table. But that is a penalty, and Wolves did outplay Man United and should have got at least a point, and would, well, probably would have got a point if they'd got that penalty. That's the other way around. That gets given to Man United every every day. Let's move on to the positives. We can't change the referee's mind. Tywell, yeah. nine goals in seven games, scoring consecutive goals. What is the limit for Tywell this season, do you think? The limit is sky high. Even He had a bit of a slow start to this in last year, but from about December, I know he got that injury in January, but he did start, he got the goal at Southampton away. He actually played well for Old Trafford last season. I mean, obviously he came up from injury and scored how many, what would it have been, four in a row at the end of the last season, which probably did keep us up. You know, the goals against Chelsea, the goal against Arsenal, they 100% did keep us up. So yeah. this season, he's obviously continued that. He fits our system perfectly. We obviously want to play the sort of 5-3-2, hit on the counter. He is that hold-up. He's a hold-up player. He can then feed off the likes of Johnson and Gibbs-White, create space for Queen. He, he sucks two defenders in and he's a good finisher. So I think in terms of putting a target on it, if he can stay, if he can stay fit, which is obviously going to be massive for us, then I'd say at least 15, he could, he could get 20. And back in the day when Lewis Graban was the first player to score 20 goals in 17 years under uh, Sabri Lamucci, you thought, right, we've got a striker here. But mm. since then, we've gone on to got Taiwo, who is a proper striker. And you're thinking... Exactly. And obviously, it's a big step up to do it in the Premier League and Championship. And he, he could get 20 this season. I don't know who the last farthest striker to get 20 goals in the Premier League or top flight season was, but he, I will, he, could, he could be that. I will try and look into that. But as it stands, Taiwo has a goals per minute ratio of every 60 minutes so he's scoring on the hour essentially yeah it's incredible he's a very exciting player and then mm. for score again uh with willie bolly and of all the players you would have put money on to score willie bolly was not one of them he's not really a comfortable part of the forest setup yet what is the dream backline for you for the chelsea game dream backline for chelsea well obviously if Felipe's fit he'd walk into it i don't think he'll be fit this saturday so I think you've got to obviously stick with your back three, back five, however you want to say it. So the three in the centre, near Carte, seems like he should be match fit. He came on against Sheffield United, came on against Man United. So hopefully he can fit enough to get a 90 minutes, he can start. Uh, Bolly, I thought, was impressed against Man United. And then, obviously, that leaves Royal and McKenna to drop out. I think I think I'll just go for Royal over McKenna. I don't think you can play Warren McKenna together. I don't like it hasn't really worked. So like we got lucky. Well, not didn't get lucky at Sheffield United, but that instant when in about the 80th minute, they had just poor communication and we nearly went two one down because of it. So I'm I'm a bit nervous to see Warren McKenna play alongside each other. But I, yeah, so I think my back three would be Wall, Nia Carte, and uh, Bolly. So yeah, Wall, Nia Carte, Bolly for Chelsea away. Um, I've done a little bit of research. The last Forest player to score 20 plus goals in a Premier League season was, of course, Stan Collymore and Teddy yeah. Sheringham in Division 1, the old, before it got replayed. Yeah, yeah. It has been a long time for Forest fans to see a 50 striker in the Premier League. 
I think Bolly's goal was a sort of nice reward for him. He's he scored against Wolves last year, but he's never sort of mm. fitted in, I don't believe. And I do agree with you. McKenna and Worrell are not quite there. They didn't look comfortable against Sheffield United. We saw one or two mishaps. And then again, there's just not that communication for the set pieces against Manchester United. Casemiro may be offside. I, I didn't think he was too offside. And there we go. Yeah, I thought the second goal was probably fair enough as much as I hate to admit it. Yeah, as much as we will we'll try and moan about Manchester United, yeah. we've got a lot of stick uh, in the past few days from United friends, all from Bristol, all who don't, who don't go, uh, about the goals. So I'm going to just say that was... Typical United enough. fans. The yeah. first goal for Manchester United, Turner sort of parries it away and hmm. received a little bit of criticism, but I just, I'd like to hear your thoughts. I think it's a very difficult shot and he's dealt, dealt with it. It's just against a very good finish against Ericsson where he sort of outside of the foot taps in yeah is there it, a fault for that goal I don't think so no uh, I'm funny if I'm a goalkeeper as well when I play so I'm always going to defend the goalie but <laughs> the ball's bounced right in front of him he's it's going at power it's going towards the corner he's not powered it like into the middle he's powered it out wide at the end of the day mm. it's probably a bit soft and warm when the ball comes into the box maybe Wall could be blocking that he's not maybe positioned in the best spot but I think it was just a yeah just just a good goal from United rather than poor defending or poor goalkeeping that'd be my take on it. What do you make about Turner? Is he, do you think he's suitable for the rest of the season? I don't know. It's obviously it's quite unproven. So he's only he don't play he didn't play in the Premier League for Arsenal last season. He played well against Sheffield United, I thought. Played well against Arsenal on opening day as well. He probably wasn't as confident inspiring as I was hoping he'd be against Man United, to be honest. Uh, I don't think he was necessarily at fault for the goals, but he just doesn't really command his box like we saw with Henderson or or even Samba, so maybe that's just a bit of nerves, you know, playing in front of a big crowd at Old Trafford and you're, he's new to the Premier League. He definitely could be our number one. I'd obviously rather if we got like Henderson in, mm. but then again, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with Turner and Terry gives me a reason not to not to put my faith in him then. Stick with Turner. I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. I think he's a very good keeper. You can't be an international keeper for the United States. Exactly. Is quite a solid nation. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Cup quite a solid nation and not be a good shot stopper. And I think it's also good for Ethan Horvath to have someone there as well, uh, backing him up. And it's an American contingent. Matt Turner's welcome at the city ground, if you know what I mean, with having Ethan there. It's a shame Eric Lehigh's not there, but can't live in the park yeah. all the time. Yeah, moved on to Brazilians now. Yeah, it's just full of Brazilians and yeah. Argentinian, the poor lad. Uh, mm. We've talked a bit about the Danilo penalty. Uh, I just want to say one thing. You're allowed to make contact. You're allowed to brush mm. up against players and that's being lost in the Premier League, and so many people saying it's a stonewall penalty. I, I'm just, I'm not. Even I, I also remember there was something in the rule book. I think it says we, we've been told as referees to give it contact with consequence. Mm. If if there is contact, which I'm not saying there is, I'm not sure there is at all. But there's no consequence to that. It's not made him go to ground. That's not had any effect on the play. So it's not contact with consequence, and therefore not a penalty by the, the refereeing guidelines. And then there's been a lot of chat online. I think there was a lot of furore around blowing a two-goal lead about Steve Cooper's management and substitutions, Alanga coming on off the bench again. What have you made about Alanga and do you think we'll see him start anytime soon? No, it's a difficult one. Alanga is a top quality player. His pace is unbelievable. Like it still still just takes a note. Yeah, it takes me by surprise almost how quick he is. I don't know, because obviously when you go to places like the Emirates and Old Trafford, if you can get a point, if you have, if you're defensively solid and grind out a point, that's a good result. And we've got other attacking players. We've got Gibbs White, we've got Johnson, we've got obviously Awanee. Can you necessarily get all four of them into a starting lineup? I don't think you can. 
maybe at home against a team like Sheffield United you can, but I don't think you can do it against Man United away or Arsenal away. I think in terms of Alanga's game time, it could depend a lot on the future of Brennan Johnson. I think if Johnson goes, then we could see Alanga in that sort of right forward position, starting outside that when they So, I mean, maybe against Chelsea, we'll see that. Who knows if Johnson will still be at the club. Uh, mm. Yeah, but it, it was certainly nice to see him get a few more minutes, for sure, Alanga. But it's just hard to see how you fit in all the young attacking talent we have in the, into the starting eleven. Quick answer here. Is Johnson going to be at Nottingham Forest by the end of the transfer window? I don't think so. No, I've got. I just get. I've got a bad feeling. We need the money, so I, I can see him going. I think Spurs are getting close to the valuation, and I, my personal opinion is, I think he'll be off. Obviously, I'm hope. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, I've got a bad feeling. I also share that bad feeling. Now we're going to bring a game back. This wood through the trees. Now we talked a lot about VAR disappointments against Manchester United. The first time Nottingham Forest encountered VAR, we were screwed over against Chelsea in the FA Cup in 2020 we all didn't know what was going to go on with the playoffs or covid overall not a great year for anyone involved at nottingham forest so george you're you have to guess as many of the starting 11 of the team that faced chelsea in january 2020 now if you name a sub you can have another go you're allowed one mulligan because i allowed that to jamie on the last time he played this but 2020 under sabri lamucci yeah yeah, I was there. I remember. I should, I should get this. Uh, well, not say all of it. I should get a few. I think Jordan Smith was in goal. Jordan Smith is in goal one. Yep. I think right back. Thinking it out, it'd be Jenkinson, Duick, or Cash. Oh, I know we rotated a lot. I think we made like we made a lot of change for this game. I think it was. I'll go Jenkinson. Jenkinson is correct. So you're currently Jenkinson. with Jamie. Uh, I think Ben Luan played. Ben Luan came off the bench. So you're allowed. Oh, okay. Uh, Milosevic? No, he wasn't. Oh, I didn't sign by then. He signed him at January window, didn't he? See, I'm not going to take that as an answer because you said no. So I'm going to be, I'm going to, you didn't offer me the chance to reply. So that's not a, not an answer. Okay. <laughs> Got away with that one. I think Johnson played. Brennan Johnson not did play. Was, did Ben Watson play? Benny Watson did not play. So that's your yeah. mulligan gone. Oh, okay. And if I, remember, I think Fauna came off a bench for his debut. A bit random. But yes, um, so I think he was in the start in the midfield. Mm. Oh, we had Alex Martin. Alex Martin, that was a good game from him. Martin did play. You're up to four. Yeah. Uh, Tanner did come off the bench to make his only appearance for Nottingham Forest before transferring to Derby. We can have a little bit of chat about that after. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm struggling now. Uh, Yates play? Ryan Yates did play. Struggling now. <laughs> <laughs> Who's left back? I can't, can't think of left back. Uh, oh, uh, it was a Portuguese. Yuri Rivera, did he play? Yuri Rivera is correct. That's up to six out of the 11. So you're over halfway. So you need two um, centre-backs, uh, one midfielder, one attacking midfielder, and a, ooh, a left... I'm going to say right winger. I think he played... The okay. Uh, João Carvalho? João Carvalho is correct. Seven. Albert Adoma? Albert Adoma. Eight. Three. Ooh, so centre-backs defence. Sambaso? Sambaso is not there. Oh, George, that's a fantastic run. That's superb. So you missed out the back line of Dawson and Figueredo. I should have got Figueredo, for sure. And Semedo. Oh, Semedo. I forgot about him. Sam Basal. Now, there was a player for Forest who we were yeah. just... I knew he was in that season, but he was always injured, wasn't he? So... Yeah. yeah, and we just fell off. A little bit, little bit of chat about Tyrese Fauna. Joining Derby, do you have any ill will towards him or...? Not really, to be honest. No, I, did, I didn't like his Instagram post when he, I think, I can't remember the exact words, but something like, uh, 
this big and historic club in Beesman. It was something along those lines. I thought you kind of just trying to almost incite before our transfer. But I mean, obviously it's a huge rivalry for us and Derby, but I think the fact that we're sending our fringe players who have only played, you know, a couple of games for us and that he's going to be a big player at Derby kind of says it already. It's, you know, it's a it's, it's a big drop in standard. And it's it's a good move for his career. Like I don't I don't really blame him for going. Obviously he's not going to get game time at Forest. He's 22, 23. So he needs a bit of he needs regular football. League one probably is his level. So I don't yeah, don't don't hold a grudge around. And obviously I don't think he'll make it to the Premier League. But yeah, if not, I'll have to eat my words. But it's yeah, also I don't, good, no real feeling. Financial business for Forest as well, just clearing the book. Exactly. Yeah, we get we get a senior player off off a wage bill. I don't think it would have been on high wages or even like you know a, a big transfer fee to Derby, but you know every every little helps. So totally yeah, agree. Good for both sides. Now, if you're listening to this a little bit late, we're going to briefly talk about the Burnley game. Um, it's not going to be too long, so don't worry about it. Is there anyone you expect to start? Anyone you'd like to see play in the second round? Of uh, well, we get to go on a cup run. Uh, it's part of like the you know the winning mentality, keep like sort of still. So in the promotion season, that FA Cup run was huge to us. That being said, I would I would like to see the team rotated, give some of the fringe players a chance. Paul Rath would be good to see him. If being Cone is fit, then obviously I think that'd be really useful minutes to to see him back on there. Lewis O'Brien, maybe it's a good chance to get Santos in the yeah, the nineteen year old from Chelsea. Obviously, from last year, I've, I've got now a fear of players getting injured. So maybe don't don't put the, the likes of Johnson and Gibbs White out there, all our knee. Uh, but yeah, just rotate the team and, and tr- obviously try and get the win. But if not, then it's the second round of a Carabao Cup at the end of the day. And we'll, we won't have to play as many midweek games and we'll have fresh legs for the league, which is obviously the priority. There's so many players who think, are they still at the club? So I was about to suggest, what about seeing someone like... Um, someone like Jack Holbach and I realised, oh no, he's gone. And it's actually a little bit... Yeah, it's, it's difficult to keep up with who's there at the moment. Emmanuel Dennis, maybe, Chris Wood, Coyard. Yeah, I think it'd be, it's a good, good chance for Wood, obviously, scoring at Sheffield United. He's got a lot of unfair, well, not necessarily unfair, but he's got a lot of criticism from fans at Forest. But I think there is a, a player in there, but whether he's kind of, he probably would just make the 25-man squad for me. But if he can go out there and play 90 minutes and get a goal, then, you know, he'd, he'd maybe put us through him a Carabao Cup. He scored against Sheffield United, the winner. scored an equaliser against Manchester last year. So, yeah, he's not he's, he's, he's not as bad as some fans make out, but he's definitely got a point to prove, and this is a good chance for him to go and prove a point. Juan Yu Joe, it's his birthday today. Do you think they might reward him a little bit for that and get him some game time at the City ground? Who knows? Yeah, well, I wouldn't be against it. Obviously, he scored against Notts County in pre-season. Uh, to be honest, obviously I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him live, but it's, I, I find it hard to imagine he's going to make him a Premier League. Given obviously he didn't make it at Olympiacos, I think he's in his thirties now. He got loaned to uh, FCCO in South Korea in the second half of last season. Is is that a Premier League caliber player? Probably not. If it is, then it's a brilliant find. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on in the coming days. So Forrest, after that, go on to another away fixture down to Stamford Bridge. Now, it's not a happy hunting ground, but last year we got a two-all draw. Taiwo scoring again, and let's hope he does that again, making it to eight games with consecutive goals. What would be a successful day out at Stamford Bridge for you, George? Uh, I know I've spoken about how like, you you know, you know, don't really expect to get anything at Arsenal or Man United and anything you get as a bonus. But when I saw the fixtures, obviously it was a horrible first away run with Arsenal, United, Chelsea, uh, Man City and Liverpool were five of the first six. I, I, but I looked at that and I thought Chelsea's the one where it's most likely we're going to get a point. 
They're a bit of an unknown quantity at the moment. They lost 3-1 away at West Ham. Obviously, had a very poor season last year. They've made a lot of signings. They're probably not quite like fully up to steam, so maybe it's a good time to play them. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see us get a point. That being said, if we you know if we lost by one goal and put in a good performance, I wouldn't be too disheartened by it. But I think this is this is kind of the most obvious opportunity. Still, obviously, a very tough challenge. But I'd, yeah, I'd like to see us go and get a point there, and that that'd be a, a good result in my opinion. I think a point is very doable. And obviously, Luton got turned over there, and they look to be a struggling team. And then Forest mm. obviously have Burnley again after at the City Ground, but we won't go into that uh, because that's too far away and we don't need to think about that. Let's keep about into the present. So I'm going to ask you the tricky treat three. George, who is your favourite Nottingham Forest player of all time? Oh, of all time. I mean, when I first started getting into Forest, uh, Lewis McGugan and Robbie Unshaw were like my two favourites. Yeah, we've had some good ones over the years. Obviously, promotion heroes. Uh, current squad was so many, so many players to like that. We got we got like a really likable squad. I think you know there's some good characters in there. I don't know favorite player. I get asked this quite a lot on the fan account, and every time I give a different answer. So if you ask me tomorrow, it'll probably be different. At the moment, I'm probably leaning towards Gibbs White or maybe even Ryan Yates because one of my own. Uh, but yeah, of all time, it'd probably be Lewis McGugan and then in the current squad, Gibbs White. Lovely. What is going to be the score on Saturday? Will Forrest be able to get a win down at Stamford Bridge? Ooh. So it's, it's always a head and heart matter on score predictions for me. Uh, I, I think we keep getting a point. I've, I've, currently, I, think, I haven't thought too much into that score prediction, but I've, I've, I'm leaning towards one all at the moment. I think we've got enough quality. Hopefully, Tyler can get another goal, keep that run going. And then obviously, Chelsea have got like the likes of Jackson, Sterling, Sterling starts, had a good start to the season. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah, both of us have got quality. Um, I think it could be a yeah, it could be almost a similar game to last year, but I think we've got a bit more Nous. solidity in the team now. So, Hopefully we can get a, a one or draw would be my prediction. And final question, where will Forest finish in May? I think around around 14th. I'll, I'll go I'll go for that. I think bottom half, obviously it's not ideal, but it's, it probably is acceptable. I think the aim for me is just let's, bottom half's okay, but just no relegation battle. Don't let it go down to like the last two or three games. Let's be like always comfortably safe. Almost a bit like where Chelsea finished last season. Obviously, mm-hmm. Yeah, just just above the kind of a relegation fight. And then next year we can maybe look to build on top half. It's just about cementing our place in the league and becoming like a you know a, a solid Premier League side. And I think we do look like that this season. I think against Man United we knocked the ball around quite a bit. We actually look at we look at home. I think in the league now we've got a settled squad, a long term manager, um, a clear playing style. Was compared to the start of last season, we you know it was all a bit all over the place. Really, it was a just back three, try and play attacking expansive football. Got turned over. Was this year we actually have a playing style. Set of squad, long-term manager. I think we can improve on last year. I hope you are right. I believe we'll finish around 14th. If you actually look at teams like Luton and Sheffield United, Everton, Wolves, I think we've got a little bit of a breathing space. Plus, I think we're also improving. I think that's what Cooper does so well. Mm-hmm. We're also buying well, I believe. I'll just quickly ask about this. Do you think we're safe? Do you think we're safe this season or do you think we will be in a relegation spot? Uh, well, I don't think we'll... Well, obviously... I may really, I could accept like a full here, but I, I don't think we'll be one of the relegated sides. I think looking at the, I think it's probably a slightly lower standard than it was last year. So I think Sheffield doesn't lose and should be down. I think we're better than Everton and Wolves. I think we're probably better than a few others as well. So I think 14th is definitely achievable. If not, maybe it's slightly higher than that. Also, there's talk of Everton maybe getting a points deduction. So if that happened, if they got minus six for talk in October, then that's obviously going to be a big boost. They've lost the first three games of the season, Everton and look, look all over the place. So I think I think you can visually you can kind of not easily name three worse sides than Forest, 
but you can you can certainly make a strong argument. Whereas last year it was kind of you were clutching at straws. If you ask like a neutral or an opposition fan in relegation battle, they probably say more for us saying that bottom three. Whereas I think this year it's slightly different. We got a bit more. Yeah, neutrals would probably agree. It's not just bias. We're, we're good enough to stay up this year. That's a lovely way to end the interview. George, thank you so much for coming on over the trend. Where do no you see your stuff? Uh, so, yeah, on Instagram, I'm Nottingham Football Sound, page 101, or everything NFFC, that comes up. Um, I am on Twitter. I need to get, get a bit more active on that, but it's George Ramsey 101. Ramsey spelled R-A-M-S-A-Y. Um, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And, yeah, I hope you enjoy the content. And thank you for having me on the show. Thank you very much for coming on. And we always end with a come on, you Reds. So I'd like to hear your version. You Reds. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you for coming on the podcast.